Our first reading is from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 4, beginning at verse 32, on page 1096 in the Church Bibles. Acts 4, 32. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. There were no needy persons among them, for from time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone as he had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second reading is taken from John, chapter 4, verses 4 to 34, and can be found on page 1066 in the Church Bible. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus Tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself? as did also his sons and his flocks and herds. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, Give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. 
He told her, go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with the woman, but no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do with the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Sheila. So for one Samaritan woman, it all begins with the generosity of Jesus. She arrives at the village at the sixth hour, that's noon in our time. It's the hottest time of the day, she's on her own. Lonely, isolated, rejected by her community and by her Jewish neighbors, we discover. But Jesus generously speaks to her, even when no one else will. Is that you? Do you feel rejected, cut off from the world? Do past choices or experiences fill you with shame? Do you feel snubbed by others so you've cut, off, cut yourself off from them too? Jesus steps through that invisible barrier to meet with you. He sits before you right now, ready to notice you, to care for you, to take you seriously, even if nobody else will. Well, that's kind, you say, but he'd never do that if he really knew me, what's deep inside. You've been hurt so often that you'd rather push others away than let your defenses down and then be rejected. But Jesus already knew this woman. Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. 
Yet still, he accepted her. He already knows your hidden secrets, and he won't walk away. Jesus' generosity continues. We might think he's presuming on this woman's good nature, asking her for a drink, but it's completely the other way around. Jewish contemporaries of Jesus would rather not have had a drink at all than to receive it from a Samaritan woman's hand. But Jesus receives it gladly from her. In our culture, we honour each other, don't we, by offering hospitality. Come round to my house, come for a cup of coffee, let's go out for a drink, I'll pay. That's the way we do it, we honour each other, isn't it? But in Jesus' day, it was the other way around. Jesus pays this woman a huge compliment just by asking for her hospitality. She's a Samaritan, a woman, possibly with a dodgy reputation, but Jesus generously invites her to bless him. Often when Jesus meets somebody for the first time, he, he expresses his vulnerability and he asks for help to set them at ease. But he also offers hospitality as well. When he first met Jesus, he asked to borrow, uh, sorry, first met Peter, he asked to borrow Peter's boat so that he could preach from it. But then later on, on the same beach, he cooks breakfast for Peter. Which was your experience, I wonder? Did you first meet Jesus as his guest or because you were asked to pitch in and help? Either way, Jesus generously offers friendship and recognition to you, even if others haven't noticed or needed you. And then Jesus' generosity goes further still. He asks the woman for some well water, and he offers her back living spring water, which will never run dry. Well, you may have offered Jesus a little of your attention. He offers you all of his. For a little of your money, he offers you all of his resources. For a little of your time, all of his eternity. You offered him a mouthful of water. He is offering you a long, deep draught of his cool, clear, life-bringing love, welling up within you. During this extraordinary conversation with this Samaritan woman, sorry, with Jesus, this Samaritan woman finds her spirit is quickened and excited. Who is this man who knows her so well? who treats her so well. Can he be the Messiah, the one sent by God? A dawning realization begins to seep into her heart, entices her into worship. This isn't just some bloke, not merely a good, kind man, not even just a prophet, a powerful man of God. God himself loves her, loves us, and our hearts begin to sing. Do you sense that in the worship here? Our first response to Jesus is the, is the welling up in our hearts, the tender budding and unfolding of generosity in response to Jesus' response to us. That's what our singing in worship is about. It's our gratitude and love for the one who has loved us so much, loved us so much first. 
Of course, the Samaritan woman doesn't yet know that Jesus' love, his generosity, knows no bounds. In the end, he will offer absolutely everything he has to offer. Plunging himself into the wickedness and the suffering of the world so that evil and rejection, self-hatred and shame will be ended and his life-giving water will become eternal, well up to eternal life. He will die on a cross for her, for her forgiveness, for her redemption, and for us, so that he can give to us all his eternal resurrection life. And the more we dwell on this extraordinary generosity, the more astonished we are that one so great should offer kindness and love to us in all our meanness. And slowly a responsive generosity starts to bubble up, to well up, to swell in our hearts. If Jesus has done so much for us, there is nothing that we will not do for him. Worship is this, it's our saying that we are so grateful to Jesus. But the words of our hearts aren't enough on their own. It, the reality comes in the generosity of the actions of our life. If you really want to receive and benefit from the generosity of Jesus for you, you have to act generous to Jesus as well. The disciples did that by serving him. They went off to get food. Are you learning to serve others? They did it by joining a group of fellow disciples. Have you joined a life group? They did it by being with Jesus every day. Are you sitting with Jesus each day, reading his word and praying? They did it by following him unquestioningly. Are you ready to do that now? The Samaritan woman did it by telling all her neighbours about Jesus. Are you doing that too? The disciples and the Samaritan woman gave to Jesus what they had, food and water. Are you willing to offer him more of your financial resources? Worship isn't about feeling good. It's a commitment to give generously of our time, our effort, our fearlessness, our faithfulness, our money, our obedience, and our courage in response to Jesus' unbelievable generosity to us. And the longer we know Jesus, the more that his original generosity gets overlaid, stacked on by his continuing daily generosity towards us. And so we go on increasing the generosity of our response, more this week than last, more this response Sunday than the last. And that's why Rachel and I try always to add something new, something more, into our response, our response day pledge. Because Jesus' faithfulness to us is new every morning. Greater and greater is his faithfulness to us. So how will you respond today to Jesus' generosity to you? As we sing our response worship song, how will you flesh out that with what you're going to do? What new thing will it lead to? Will you join a life group 
for the first time or offer to take responsibility within it? Will you join a ministry team to serve others? Will you prepare yourself for a year of mission by taking a prayer card and committing to pray for three people to come to faith? Or by signing up for 24 hours of prayer on the 11th of May, you'll find the sign-up sheet on the way out. And will you increase your giving yet again this year to support our desire to recruit professional leadership and coordination for our worship teams and to underpin our year of mission? In your um, brochure, you would have found, you will find, a yellow uh, response form. If you've filled it in already, please do feel free to uh, put it in the box on the way out or are we going to send round baskets? If the baskets come round, you can put it in the basket. But hand it in now, or if you haven't yet done it, go home and pray to the Lord, how do you want me to respond to you this time? Fill it in and bring it back to us next week or the week after that, or hand it in, hand it in to the office. And if you haven't yet transferred your giving to the parish giving scheme, uh, you'll find a little tick box here on the inside page in the middle and, uh, and uh, our gift, gift aid secretary, David Pugsley, would just love it if you would shift across from uh, giving directly to the PCC to giving through the gift aid process because that will make his life very much easier and it will make our giving much more effective. Take one of these cards, we'll be handing them out at the end. Take it away and pray, which of my many friends, Lord, would you like me to be praying for now? Which three people shall I give myself to praying every day for them to know you, to come into your kingdom? You've heard about the prayer boxes. Pick up a prayer box on your way out for your children or your grandchildren. And ask the Lord, how is it that you want me to respond in greater generosity to your huge generosity for me? Well, however you do it, one thing I can assure you of, Jesus is way more generous than you are. Be as generous as you can, and you will find that Jesus is even more generous to you. Try it you will find that you can't outgive God. And as you discover his increasing generosity to you in response to your generosity to him, your worship will be fueled by the growing gratitude of your heart, which will then flow out in mission with Jesus. Let me finish with our theme verse above my head here. Whether this is prayer, or giving, or in witnessing, or in any other way. My brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. Shall we pray? Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your generosity to us laid out before us in this encounter with this woman, experienced in our lives. 
and discovered above all in your sacrifice for us upon the cross and your rising to eternal life from the grave. This day we offer you our lives, ourselves, in generous service, asking that we might have the honour of responding to you and giving back to you just a little of the huge amount that you have given to us. Come Holy Spirit and fill our hearts with gratitude that we may give back to the Lord Jesus all that he deserves from our lives. Amen.